Well, hey guys, for those of you who have been on this shape journey with us, you know that last week we had the one and only Ben Hopkins on the podcast taking us into what it looks like to not allow our fear to stop us from the things that God is calling us to. Our conversation was so amazing and it continued on and it was so good that we just wanted to actually pick up where we left off and hear a little bit more about what happens when you just say yes, it can take you to places beyond what you can imagine. So let's check it out. I love what you said earlier on in the conversation. You were like, when I took my risk as a 25 year old, Mm -hmm. I thought, oh my gosh, this is huge. I can't believe I'm doing this. But really... You guys have lived the life of just being obedient yeah. to what God was stirring in you, yeah. even if it didn't seem to be the most practical, Yeah, right? Like right. you guys have taken lots of steps that from outside looking in, you'd be like, why would you leave this to then launch right. into this? God's been super faithful. Yeah. I mean, I, I love... Uh, what's been happening on your career trajectory. But mm. my my observation of your life is that all that's been stirred in you guys for your career risk-taking really mm. teed up you guys taking some big life yeah, risks absolutely. that make taking a chance at starting a yeah. furniture company yeah. seem like it's like small potatoes. Totally, totally does. Right? Yeah. So like, take us into that a little bit. Sure. So, I mean you know, with this, the last, the last risk we were discussing, like it's also my discipline and I'm good at it. Right. I know I'm good at it. God's right. gifted me with this creativity. So even though it's a risk, I also have my skill set on my side too. Right. Right. Then we step into this realm where I have no skills in, which is being a parent. <laughs> and, um, you know, Emily and I had discussed early on, of course, in our relationship about children. Do we want that kids? Um, do we want them? <laughs> do we want those? So, um, we were both on about on the same page. It was something we wanted to push down the road. Sure. Um, if we could and, uh, and we did. And, and then we went through a period of time when we, we had moved here and we were like, we still don't have kids. Like, do we need to get on this? Like, uh, I thought it was the five year plan, you know, and now right. it's seven, eight years down the road and we still haven't done this. So, um, there was a definitely a period of struggle where like she started actually feeling she didn't want kids. And I had felt that too before. And then we really started analyzing this and like, it was a strain in our marriage, you know, like she had to, you know, really process this to figure out like she, she was, and I was probably not doing the best job of being the supportive husband either, because I'm thinking like we were supposed to have kids together. Like that's a big part of being getting married. And all of a sudden this curveball. um, this all I think played into our ultimate decision to um, become foster parents. But we did eventually get on the same page with kids and said, yeah. we, okay, we do want kids. They are a blessing. So we've heard, <laughs> let's take a risk. Even though I, when I see that toddler scream in the grocery store, it sure Dude, doesn't look like a blessing. Yeah. It's not a blessing at that yeah, point. Right. I promise so, you. Um, so we say, let's, let's go into this, but it did, it did just put us down this road of, of um, uncertainty where, Emily actually was was really praying about this through um, through us actually kind of trying to get pregnant and not seeing results right away and going like, wait a minute, like I'm like a CrossFit stud, bro. It's supposed to be like <laughs> I'm being healthy. Able to, I'm gonna make babies all over this. Yeah, planet. let's go. Not the case, right? So wow. um, she had been praying and really felt God say like, did I ever promise you biological children? 
Wow. And it kind of, I think it really humbled her to be like, wait a minute. And foster care was something, or I would say not foster care, adoption was something that we had discussed early on. And we both said, we want to someday do yeah. this. And I think a lot of people do say, yeah. I want to someday, someday do yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big difference between taking that jump. And you know that with yeah. you too. Yeah. Um, but um, at that moment, you know, she had revealed this to me. And I was like, you're absolutely right. And we both felt like this is the time we're supposed to, I think, step into this place. And so we start looking into what does it look like to adopt? And it kind of, by God's will, but I would say organically, it seemed, feels organic, led us into this path of foster care very quickly. Friends from my gym uh, had fostered several times. And they had, they had at the time, had wow. two girls that they were fostering. And then they were like, it was looking like they were going to adopt them. And this really kind of stirred our hearts. Like, I think we're supposed to do this the foster care way. Um, there's a lot of ways to do it, but sure. foster care seemed to be the way we were supposed to go. Yeah. And so we jumped in and, uh, we got signed up with a, um, an agency that basically facilitates you to be able to right. become foster parents, gets you licensed and things like sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. And they said, oh, here's all the paperwork and, uh, it's gonna, it'll be about six weeks. It's a lot of paperwork. Emily got it done in two weeks. Wow. She is a paperwork ninja, dude. <laughs> Bro, my wife has that same annoying. Dude. And thank God, because I am not. I am such yeah. a procrastinator. I tell Liz all the time. I'm like, if if it wasn't for yeah. you, we would still be in the paperwork <laughs> phase of our adoption. Totally. <laughs> totally. I feel the same way because uh, it's not a territory that I thrive in. But yeah. she kills it. So two weeks later, we're showing up to this foster care training. Two days of foster care training. We get licensed. Two days later, we start getting calls or like messages saying wow. like there are placements. And you start to really feel the need at that point. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow, there's a big need. And what we learned also at that time was the difference between the beginning of the training versus the end was the beginning of the training. Uh, you're like, you know, I think that we can handle one kid. And uh, I think they need to be um, between the ages of three and six. And right. they have to have blonde hair and blue eyes. And <laughs> you start to develop this criteria. Right. Because it's out of fear. You're yeah. afraid. I'm going to wow. end up with a kid that's dysfunctional. I'm going to end up with a kid that doesn't look like me or act like me. Or wow. like, what if like this all comes crashing down? Yeah. Uh, what if I have a kid that has a disability and I have spent all my time and energy trying to like care for this child that can't care for themselves? Yeah. Uh, even more so than wow. a normal toddler. Yeah. And by the end of that training, we had expanded our range from new infant to nine or 10. We said, we'll take up to two. We just can't take more because we don't have room. Yeah. Um, and God had really blessed us there because like the third thing that came around, the request that had less than, a lot of them have more than two because a lot of the fact of the matter is a lot of siblings end up in foster care. Yeah. Um, you get three, four, five kids. It's wow. tough, man. If your criteria is I want one kid and it has to match the A, B, C, D, E list, you're going to be waiting a long time. Wow. Because you have got to open your heart. And so when we did that, you know, probably a week later, uh, we get this call, emergency placement, which is they, they, they remove the kids from a bad situation and they need to find a place for them right now. Wow. Like that night. So we get a call about 7 p.m. We got a boy and a girl, two and three years old, Pull out of this home. It's a drug house, meth house. Bad deal. Uh, they're an emergency removal. Can you take them? We look at each other and we just say, yeah, we'll do wow. it. Wow. 1230 at night, they arrive at our house that same night. They're sleeping. Man. They're like dead asleep because they're exhausted. Yeah. Um, we put them in our rooms, do all the paperwork, whatever. They hand, hand us the keys. <laughs> Bye. 
Now we got these two kids in our house. They don't even know where they are because they're asleep. So when they wake up, they're in a new house. Meeting new people. Meeting us. And if you can imagine the terror on a toddler's face when they meet me the first time, (laughs) come walking out of my bedroom, you know. But um, it was really hard. And I will say that, then I was talking about before with these career choices and these career moves, those pale in comparison to having to do this, primarily because this decision had left me undone. I was not prepared in any way to handle the emotional toll that it was going to take on me and Emily. The beauty of it all was we were super united in it all, even through the struggles. When we were crying and cussing at why we even decided to do this, we were doing it together. Yeah. Uh, and we were rejoicing together as well. And so it, it was a situation where it made me reveal that my past risks were stepping stones to get to where I'm at now. They were more calculated than this could ever be. And it also made me realize that if I continue along this trajectory, there will be more that are bigger than this. Wow. And I have to be willing to say yes. And I wrote a little thing about it at the time, which was really stirring on my heart, which was, it was, I just called it saying yes. Yeah. And that's all I had to do. I was so not perfect I, for this job. You yeah. know, I was failing daily at trying to be a dad to these yeah. kids. Um, I was in no place to be like, I had my own struggles too. You know, we had struggles in our relationship. We had struggles. I had struggles myself with, with, with certain things. And all God was really asking me to do was say yes. He wasn't saying clean up your act. It's kind of what we were talking about with the fitness stuff earlier yeah. and the CrossFit. And I hear so many people saying like, I'm not fit enough to do that yet. Yeah. It's not about being fit enough for it. It's yeah. about saying yes. Come Just on, say man. yes. Yeah. Don't worry about the details. So good, dude. Just say yes. Yeah. And so what I learned through that point was God had really opened my eyes to so many different things. He stripped away all of this stuff, all, all of this uh, preconceived labels I had put on myself all this pride that I had in myself um, and, and, and showed me my selfishness and he showed me my shortcomings and where and why I really needed to press into him wow, and not press into my own abilities. I've always been this guy that's, I'm going to do it myself. Wow. I'm strong. I'm capable. Yeah, I will yeah, figure yeah. this out. Yeah. And I could not figure this out. I was undone. And, and Emily, you know, the same thing. Um, and through all of that process, the beauty, the beautiful thing that happened was, it, it doesn't sound beautiful when I say it this way, but I'll tell you why it's beautiful. Is he revealed to us that this is going to be a lonely place. Wow. At times. Yeah. But it's also going to be a place of extreme humility because you are going to be able to see people come out of nowhere, out of the woodwork, and support you and love you and wow. be uh, champions for you in ways you never imagined. When wow. we first announced that we were having going to be fostering, we had people from like my Facebook friends that I haven't <laughs> talked in, in a decade, sending us boxes of stuff, wow. uh, toys and clothes and gift cards and all this stuff. And it just, I was overwhelmed with gratitude. Yeah. At the same time, what you will learn when you step into these places is people that you do think are there and your friends, you will learn, uh, unfortunately, that that isn't always the case. Yeah. You will have people on the surface level say, oh, that's awesome you're doing that. I want to do that too. I want to be here for you. And then never, you won't ever hear from them. Wow. Um, but 
I don't say that to condemn those because I also felt that same way with myself. Yeah. That is like, whoa, I, I fail on the daily with this dad thing. And I struggle even, even up to like not that long ago, I'm still struggling with this idea that, you know what? I don't know if I still wanted to be a dad. This wasn't about me though. It yeah. wasn't about me. This wow. was about me being obedient to God's calling Dude, on huge. my life. Come on, man. And that is what I really had to come to terms with is this is not about me being a dad. This is not at all about my wife and I being parents. This was about us stepping into a place where we said yes to care for a situation where there were children in danger. Uh, it was their care for the marginalized, to care for the poor, the widow, the orphan. Um, and it had nothing to do with me being a dad, being taking any um, joy in being a dad now or even in the future. I have taken a lot of joy now. I'll sure. have to be happy to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love being a dad to these kids, these two. Um, they're amazing. And, and you guys have had them for... We've had them for uh, over a year and a half, just over a year and a half. Wow. Um, we are about three days away from the 90-day wait period where we can adopt them. Come on, man. And we are doing it. Come on, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. And I was in it. I'm very joyful about it. But there yeah. was times when I was like, I'm still going to say yes to the adoption, but God, I don't want to. Yeah. I want to give these kids back. There were times when I, I have to be raw about yeah. it. Dude, and it's I hard, do bro. It's and I, super hard. It's hard. And I have to be raw about it because it is not Sunshine and Daisies. Um, and I, I will tell you many, many times I was just like, I wanted to throw in the towel. Yeah. But I knew I couldn't because I could not give up on what God, I knew God called me to do. Yeah. I could not face God. By by saying I'm done with this. I well, could. dude, I I hear I I mean I feel this often as being an adopted father as well. Is that you know oftentimes adoption is talked about and looked at like totally through rose colored glasses. Yeah, absolutely. Where people are yeah. like, oh my gosh, and and honestly, people who have nothing to do with adoption or people who um, are champions of adoption, but they're they have not adopted yeah. or just they just sing just all the the glory side of it. And there's a ton. Yeah. I mean, and and hear me like there's so much glory side. Yeah. Uh, in in the process, but you know, when Jesus says that this is true religion to take care of orphans and widows, right. What I realized in our early stages of our adoption was like, you know what? Like, I don't know if I've actually ever really loved somebody. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because unconditional, unconditional love. Like, You're, you're, you know, like they're, they're having a tough time. They're scared out of their mind. And so they're responding like scared kids and doing all that crazy stuff. And, and you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to unconditionally love you right now. I realized like, man, I don't know if I've really ever loved somebody. If this is what love is, right? If this is what, like really what it is, I don't think I've ever really done it. And it changed my paradigm for life. Oh, a hundred percent. It's like, it's like, man, I, I don't. I cannot go through this and it not shape everything. That's why I'm such a proponent of people like, look, I don't know if everybody's supposed to adopt, yeah. but I definitely think everybody should pray about it. Yeah. And I definitely think people should be involved in some way. Yeah. If you're not adopting or fostering, you're uh, part of CASA. You're being a mentor. Yeah, get in the you game. You are championing those that are ready to step into that space. Yeah. But, you know, quick statistic, there are 45,000 churches in the United States of America, and there are 440,000 foster kids. That's less than 10 kids at church. 
Yeah. If we all stepped up and did something, we could solve we could this eradicate problem. this problem. Yeah. We can change it right now. And it now. breaks my heart. Yeah. It really breaks my heart. But we have to talk about it and we have to champion each other to do it because it is hard. Yeah. It's not rose-colored glasses. Like you said, you, yeah. it, you're going to step into uh, the lion's den, bro. It's hard work, bro. It's hard like, work. Yeah. But you, what you said about love is exactly right because I'm sitting there so many times going, I don't even love these kids. Why are they in my house? Yeah. Like, what are you, what did I, what did I do here? Yeah. And that's the honest truth. Yeah. It's like, it's not the, oh, I birthed this child and then it was love at first sight. Yeah. I'm sure there are struggles anyway, being a mom and a dad, a biological child, but I'm going like, I don't even know you kids. You don't know me and you are, you are messing up my game right now. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you're disrupting my normal. (laughs) You are breaking my normal. Yeah. And and you're just like, and you, and you, you're trying to find it in yourself. And you feel terrible. You're like, I don't have it in me to say, I love, I, I say, I love you. Cause you know, I want you to feel you're a toddler. I'm not going to say now, nah, we're not there yet, yeah, yeah. but I just don't, I'm trying you to find it. And it's not there. Yeah. You feel the it fight. It takes time yeah. to find that. It does, man. It does. And look, I mean, I'm ahead of the game. I got, I've got, you know, we just had our four year gotcha day. So good. Yeah. And you know, I remember back at the year, year and a half point where there were still days where you're just like, what did we do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. this is so intense. Totally. Like, this is so intense. And you know you're doing the, you You're in it. Like, you love the kids like crazy. But you're like, wow, man. Like, our normal is so different than everyone else's normal. Yeah. Like, going to bed yeah. is potentially World War Three. Totally. And we're talking about putting pajamas on, dude. You know, we're not, yeah. we're, we're not even talking about world-changing stuff here. And it could blow up and it turns into, oh, like, these yeah. two-hour battles. And you're like... You just look yeah. at it, you're like, what are we doing? This is crazy. But I could say to you being four years in, bro, it's a game changer, man. Yeah. Like it's it it doesn't it 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 doesn't always it does your now is not your always. You know, that that's yeah. what got me through. Sure. It's refined by fire too. Yeah, right? I mean it 100%. brings to light your failures yeah. in a way that you never thought you could fail. Dude. And and through being a dad, I'm like and that quickly going from no kids to two toddlers that had drug in their system, drugs in their system and like came from a a, a background of neglect and all this stuff, uh, heavy baggage, like breaking bad, man. Like it's yeah. like that show. And, and you're just like, man, I am not a good dad. And you realize real quick how big God's grace is yeah. when you start to go down that road of failure as a father, where you are just in a place where you don't know, not do not know what you're doing. Yeah. And you're just trying to take it day by day. Come on, man. So one thing I want to talk about was, uh, or mention was, um, the court date that we had back in December. Um, and luckily, the parents' rights for visitation uh, was terminated early on uh, due to various things. So they didn't have a lot of relapse in terms of uh, going to visit their bio family and then and coming back to be at our house. Um, so that was a huge blessing. Um, but that being said, we definitely struggled with um, the bio family and them not wanting to relinquish rights and them fighting to get their kids back for, for many, many months. And it sort of came to a head where um, the biological father had a right to a jury trial in December. Um, the chances of him having a jury uh, choose his side was very, very short, but nevertheless, it was a way to get out of jail for free. Yeah, um, He was in jail at the time. So it's a, it's a week out of jail. Um, and so he went forward with the jury trial. Um, we had to go to be in court. We were prepared to be there for an entire week to fight for our kids. And up until that point, everything, the, the father was doing everything he could to fight the justice system, 
to make everything super hard wow. instead of just relinquishing rights. He was yeah. already in jail, like, right. you know, but everything he could do, he was making complicated. His mother is also involved in this, um, and she's sort of playing puppeteer um, and getting him to do certain things because he has parental rights. The mom's not in the picture. So we go to this court case, and we sit down, and he comes walking in in handcuffs. And the judge starts going through the proceedings. They're ready to do a jury selection. And it gets a little bit delayed because the attorneys are going back. They're talking to the dad. They're talking to different people. And they come out and say, he's considering on relinquishing his rights. Up until this point, there was no chance he was going to do that. In wow. fact, he had even called for a jury trial. He's wow. disrupting people's entire week to make this big thing yeah, yeah, yeah. just so he could like make it prolonged and make it complicated. And we were like, wow, that's amazing. Okay. And so he's sitting in the courtroom for a while there. And he keeps making eye contact with me. Now, this guy is, um, he's in jail for murder. And I'm, so I'm sitting there, like, making eye contact with, with a guy that's convicted uh, or soon to be convicted. Um, but he's not looking at me in a way of um, having any kind of hatred. He's looking at me almost in a way of, like, um, appreciation. Wow. And so they're doing their court thing, and they're trying to get him to relinquish his rights based on certain grounds of danger and endangerment. And he doesn't want to do that because he doesn't want that on his record. He's already got other things on his record. So I beyond me why he even cared at that point. Sure. But he did. And so they basically said, dude, we're not going to relinquish uh, rights based on, on nothing. You have to go with this on your record. And he decides he's going to do it. So he takes a stand and he keeps looking at Emily and I. And the judge asked him, are you prepared to relinquish your rights? Um, and he said, yes, I am. And do you understand what that means? And, he, and then she, he also, she also asked him, the judge, do you, um, do, you under, do you agree that Ben and Emily Hopkins are the best parents for your kids? And he said, yes. Wow. Hang on. This is a profound moment in my life. So he's looking at us, and his mom's sitting in there, and he's basically saying, you're your better parents than my mom's going to be. I want you to have my kids. And Emily looked at him and she mouthed, thank you. And he mouthed back, you're welcome. Wow. And that was a moment that I was just like, wow. Holy grace. You yeah. know, like, wow. This is a guy that is in jail for murder. He has not shown any kind of compassion for any reason up until this point. And he just literally flipped a 180. Wow. He relinquished his right to a jury trial completely. We ended up going home the next morning. Um, and he left the courtroom uh, in handcuffs after that. He didn't stay for the trial for the rest of the day at all. And it was just a miracle um, because I feel like he, when he saw Emily and I, God put compassion in his heart yeah. that was never there before. Yeah. And he realized this isn't about my mom getting my kids. This is about what's best for these two. And they deserve a better life than I had and what's led me to where I am right now. And this is about breaking chains. And something I said in my, my post earlier on, I was mentioning about saying yes, is hurt people hurt people. Yeah. I learned that. And when you see like people that are marginalized and you see homeless people and you start judging about why they're there, you know, God put it on my heart to say, don't worry about that. Just show them love and care for them. Yeah. And that's what we have done with these kids and it has been such a huge blessing wow. to us that I would never be the same man I am right now two years ago 
and I and I and I'm just like overwhelmed with gratitude for that, dude. And it's like ninety days, ninety three days from being yeah, final, 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 final. Wow, man. and you're all invited. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm serious. I want you all there at the courtroom, dude. Where we? It's going to be a celebration. We're dude. so excited. We have just been overwhelmed with this blessing, and we're not done. I don't know if we'll adopt more kids. I can't say we will. I don't think we're done fostering. I think God has put me in a position with my business right now to keep going down this road in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, and my wife, you know, is such a champion for me, and she's such an advocate for what we're doing, and I couldn't do it without her. That's for sure. Well, I'll tell you one thing, dude. Your lifestyle of saying yes has led you into a, an incredible opportunity and really the privilege yeah. uh, of saying yes to um, some big things that have real impact, real implications. Yeah. And um, I'm so proud of you, man. I'm so proud to Thank know you. you. And even just to hear your story is overwhelming, man. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Unreal. Man, I don't know about you, but I think I might just be forever changed. As always, it does so much to get the word out about what God's doing on this podcast. If you would just take a second and subscribe, like it, share it, talk about it. Uh, it means a ton, and we couldn't do this without you. We'll see you next time.